49 days is quite the journey. Counting that time and connecting the dots from Passover to Shavuot to Pentecost, it's a big deal. So hallelujah. Tomorrow we will bring in the fullness of that with dancing and eating. We have, we have lunches for everyone. I, you know, we had, we had someone, you know, we, it was so, we, you know, I, have to, I don't have to tell you how difficult it's been. You, you all know. And so we came into Shavuot and uh, we had no money. So we're thinking, what are we going to do? We don't have any money. And so uh, the staff says, well, you need to call somebody and see if they'll help us. So I made a call to one of our members, and I said, hey, would you maybe consider, you know, helping to underwrite for Shavuot because we're out of money? Yeah. Not only did he say, yeah, I'll help you out, he just did the whole thing. Just the whole thing. I mean, I mean... We, we, went, we went from no money to everything we needed with one phone call. You know, you know, I've been asking God forever, you know. God, we need, we need provision. We need a lot more. I mean, we need a hundredfold. Because the vision you gave us and the mission you gave us is going to require a big building and a teaching center, and we're going to have campuses. we got a lot that we want to do that you've put in us, in our hearts as a community but we don't have the provision. We need the provision. Your word says, ask and you shall receive. I've been asking, Father, I've been asking. And I sensed the Father was saying to me this, this couple months ago when I asked, I sensed he said, when, when I told him, I said, your word says, ask and you shall receive. I've been asking. His response was, son, ask my people. Don't ask me, ask my people, and through them, I'll release it to you. So when, when I made that phone call a couple months later, you know, and within like 60 seconds, all of it came in through one person, I thought, because I, I was going to make a number of calls. Yeah, just that word came back to me, ask my people, and they will give it. And it was on the heels of that that we had another big chunk of money come in unexpected we were just shocked the whole staff shits in the faces i mean we our morale's been pretty low with all the cutbacks and releasing staff members and all of a sudden this money comes in we're like oh my gosh if we weren't so proud we would have been doing a happy dance i think we did that in private but not in front of each other you know (laughs) got to keep some composure and then a week later another big check came in i told my wife i think it's starting to happen i think this is the beginning of our breakthroughs I think God's going to give us everything we've asked for, right? And that, of course, it comes incrementally, right? But we're going to have some breakthroughs before we pass the torch to the next generation. But this thing's going to go forward into its fullness. I believe God's going to make good on everything that he put in our hearts. And so uh, get ready. I'm excited. This is uh, truly amazing in every way. So Acts chapter 1. Verses 6 through 8. So when they had come together, oh, so where was I going with that? I know some of you are saying, where where were you going with that? Where I was going was this, was this. Tomorrow, we're we're providing the food for everyone. We got food, we got drink for everyone at Shavuot. Usually we just say, hey, you know, bring, bring stuff, we'll cook it, or you can cook it on the grill or whatever, you know. Yeah. Now, we, we had enough that we're able to say, hey, lunch is on us. 
it's on, bring your friends, it's on, we'll have enough, I think, for everyone. Now, now, you know, it's kind of like Murphy's Law. If you buy a bunch, no one comes. If you try to make sure you're only buying what you need, then extra people come and you don't have enough. So I think we have more than enough. So I think we're going to have a great time. So, uh, and I just want to say, Father, just thank you for all those that have been giving over the years, those that have given a little, those that have given a lot. And I just thank you that your blessings is upon them as well, that you increase them as they increase your provision in your kingdom. We bless them in Yeshua's name. Amen. Acts chapter 1, 6 through 8. We read this last week. We want to pick it up. We're going to run with this for a while. So the apostles gathered in Jerusalem, and they're waiting like Jesus told them, wait, wait in Jerusalem. Don't go out and do anything. Wait on the Lord. So they're in Jerusalem, and they're waiting for what the Lord told them to wait for. So when they'd come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest parts of the earth. We talked about what it means to be a witness. That was last week. If you're new, get the podcast. What it means to be a witness, to give testimony of who Jesus is. That's to be done by the leading and power of the Holy Spirit. Don't do it on your own. He told them, go to Jerusalem and wait. This mission, this mandate that I'm giving to you, you're not going to do it in your own strength or your own wisdom. You're going to need my spirit to do this. There is a dark realm. There are evil spirits. There is a whole entire group that has made it their business to overthrow my kingdom. And you're going to be up against them. So you're going to need my spirit if you're going to be effective in your witness for my son. So they were to wait until they received power from the Holy Spirit. Now, this word power in the Greek is dunamis, and it simply means um, power, energy, um, force, if you will. In fact, we get our English words dynamite from this Greek word dunamis. It speaks of just enormous energy, an enormous release of energy and power. And Jesus is saying, when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll receive this power in order to be my witnesses. Power to be a witness for Jesus. That's not easy. Witnessing, testifying about Jesus is not easy because there's all this spiritual junk that surrounds it from the enemy's camp. All this intimidation, all this backlash when we step out to share our faith. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. God says, I'll orchestrate the appointments. You just get ready to give testimony. Just, just like in court when you're called to the witness stand. Jesus is saying, I'm calling you to my witness stand. And I want you to testify on my behalf. Don't worry. I'll set up the divine appointments. You just get ready. You get filled with my spirit and get ready. You know, people will ask you if you're open and listening in your dialogue there's all kinds of, of ways to connect and open the door to give testimony about Jesus. 
You have to just ignore the Spirit, disconnect from the power in order to miss all those that come to us in our lives. This morning we got up. This week's been horrible. Lost my wallet last week. My money, credit card. You know how that is. You ever lose that stuff? It's just kind of a, uh, yeah. Then we come into this week and, uh, you know, we had some other things going on. I told Don, I said, you know what? Isn't it interesting how all this always happens right before major events? Festivals, you know? When's your biggest fight, mom and dad? Isn't it usually on Saturday before you go to church, you know? It's just the enemy always trying to keep you away from what God has. So we're ready to go this morning, you know? It's been a busy week. We're trying to get ready for Shavuot and just running behind on a number of things because those events take a lot of time and energy to plan and execute. So we're trying to get here on time early in the morning now that we have our early service. And so Dawn's running a little bit late, you know, and she goes rushing out the door and I'm thinking, man, I better get on it because I got to be there at the time I need to be there. And she comes back in the house. I'm thinking, what are you doing back here? She says, the car won't start. I said, what? Yeah, her car won't start. I'm thinking, oh. So I go out there. I said, okay, lift the hood and got, got the cables out. And so I went to put the cable on the power, um, the positive cable and it was super loose. The connection was just super loose, and that's why she had no power. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't tightened down so that the current could run through. And, and so I had to do some things to get it to tighten down because it just wore out kind of, right? It needed some attention. But as soon as I tightened that thing up, fired right up. God was saying, hey, you tightened up, son? Are you tightened up? Because if we're not... That flow of the Spirit of God just doesn't make it into us. Sometimes we can just get to a place where we've been passive and we're not doing any maintenance in terms of our relationship with the Spirit of God. And then we wonder why there's no power in our lives. So I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that object lesson because I'm going to tighten myself up. I want a good, strong connection with the Holy Spirit. I want the power, the current of the life of God, the presence of God to be strong in me. Are you tight? Are you tight with Jesus? All right. 1 Peter 3, 15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. People are going to ask you, if you were filled with God's Spirit, there's going to be the earmarks of love, joy, peace, kindness. That's the kind of person you'll be. If you're grumpy and kind of mean and just kind of like, you know, uncaring and so forth, it's because you've lost your connection with the Spirit of God. We need to change that. The evidence of being born again and filled with the Spirit is we've got this quality of love. We have love, love is something that we naturally do. We're kind-hearted. We're not mean-spirited, right? We lift each other up. We don't gossip. We don't talk behind each other's backs. We don't ridicule people when they're not around, right? We don't say, oh, our leaders, they don't listen to us. Our elders, they're not attentive. No, we don't grumble. We don't complain. 
we actually love and encourage and build each other up. Yeah, I'll tell you, acts of kindness are the way that we manifest the presence of God in our life to others. God says, get ready. Honor Christ in your hearts. Always be ready to make a defense of anyone who asks you, how come you're so happy? How come you seem like you're not all worked up about all the things that are going on around us? You know, what is that peace that you have that I see all the time? People will ask you questions. Get ready. Get ready to give them an answer concerning Jesus and do it with gentleness and respect. Do it with gentleness and respect. Don't beat people up with the truth. When you share the truth with people, that should be done through compassion and with respect. Every person, every human being deserves to be treated with dignity and respect regardless of how far away from the Lord they are. Doesn't matter what their lifestyle is. Doesn't matter who they are. You treat people with dignity and respect. Give them answers through compassion and gentleness and they'll respond to that. You know, I've been thinking about my life and I look back in my early years and I just thought, you know, when I was first born again, I just knew like nothing. And I was always intimidated to share anything because I just felt like I don't know anything. But over the years of just yielding to the Spirit and spending time in His Word, all of that just kind of fills up in you, you know, and maturates in you. And by the leading of the Spirit, the Spirit will tap that which you've put in your reservoir, and you'll have answers for people that you didn't even know until they asked you, and the Spirit jogged your memory and grabbed something that you had deposited maybe years before. Yeah, and all of a sudden, you're giving answers to people, and they're like amazed. They're thinking, man, how'd you know that, or where's that wisdom come from? comes from the Holy Spirit. comes from the Holy Spirit. We are given the Spirit of God in order to do the works that Jesus did. John 14, 12, or 12, 14. It's one of those. Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these shall you do. And when you look at the life of Christ and what he did, that's the work we're supposed to do. We're supposed to reach out and heal the brokenhearted. Those that are alienated and in shame, we're supposed to embrace and give to them the keys of reconciliation with God, the keys to forgiveness and cleansing so that they can be whole and complete and filled with this love that we have. We're to be the ones that actually go out and touch those who are sick and bring healing physically, mentally, spiritually. Yeah, even, even as I was saying earlier, I had a spiritual sickness. I was demonized through my profound rebellion for years. I ended up with a demon. 
I mean, like what you see at the movie, movies kind of stuff, it actually had control of me. I knew when it came in to me that first time and, and, and then it would assert itself at different times and take control. And I was like cognitive of what was going on, but had no ability to tell whoever I was with, Hey, it isn't me. This is not me. Something's in me. I had no ability to do any of that. I'd have blackouts and wake up and think to myself, what did I do? What did I do? I have no, I have no memory of the last four hours. And then I'm petrified because I thought, what did I do? And, and you know, that could result in, you know, who, who knows what, you know, I was terrified. I was panic stricken. I had anxiety attacks that were rooted in my demonization. And like I said earlier, you know, if I would have went to the doctors, they would classify it as some type of mental illness. That's what they do. They view things through a different lens, but suffice it to say, Jesus set me free. He's the one that set me free and healed me. Healed me of what? My spiritual sickness. Or if you were a doctor, I would say he healed me of my mental illness. Whatever works for you, you call it whatever you want. Jesus healed me. We're called to be healers of those around us, to the brokenhearted, to give hope to people that are desperate, confused, in fear. We are the ones that have the answer. You have the answer. You say, I don't think I have all those answers. Well, if the Holy Spirit is in you, you do. See, if the Holy Spirit is in you, you do. Because the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to give to others. So really, you have all that you need. All that you need. The Holy Spirit is given to us also so that we can live holy lives free from addictions free from bondages to sin. I can tell you when I first got saved, I had a number of areas of sin that I was in bondage to that I could not break. In fact, I kind of thought, well, that's who I am. But as I spent time in the word and in community and had teachers teaching me the word, I began to realize, you know what? I can be free of all this. And one after another, over a period of time, I did business with God and I've found freedom in Christ and through his word. You know, his word says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Learn to think the way God thinks. Embrace his ideas, his ways. And in doing that, the spirit comes up behind that and he's the bondage breaker. And he breaks those and sets you free so that you're no longer governed by those. I can tell you right now, after many years of following Christ, I am free from all of my sin bondages. There's no area of sin that has a hold on my life. Zero. Zero. Now I'm 63. So if you're not, just hold on. Trust in the Lord. And when I say I'm not governed by any of those, I'm not saying I don't sin. Yes, I sin. I still sin. I stumble like everyone else but it doesn't have a claim on me. It doesn't govern me. There used to be a time where particular sins actually governed me week in and week out. I couldn't break them. I was just, I was ensnared by them. Now I'm not ensnared by anything, but I'll stumble and, you know, usually when I'm driving. Man, still working on that one. People just don't know how to drive. See, the lie of the enemy is I'm the only one that knows how to drive. And I buy into that from time to time, you know? It's just not true. I need to be free from that. But my point is, is that 
Um, God promises freedom in him. Not a perfect life, but a life free from addictions or bondages. The Holy Spirit is the bondage breaker. We had a dear friend of ours who came to us extremely demonized. She had been sexually abused when she was a little girl. And by the time she was about, I think, six or seven, um, she was so desperate and so afraid of what was happening to her. Uh, she said, because she, we asked her when, when we were working with her through a deliverance session, uh, she'd come through a number of, about, I think, three uh, sessions with us. But we said, when, we, we said when, when did you first experience this, this phenomenon that now you understand is, is hurting you? you know, when, when, when did that entity first come into you? She said, when I was a little girl. She says, I was about, you know, I think it was six or seven. She had been, like I said, sexually um, abused. She says, um, this angel showed up in my room. It was an angel of light. And the angel said to me, if you'll invite me in to your heart, I'll protect you from your abuser so that you're not hurt anymore. She says, that's when it all began. I invited this 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 spirit into me and it came into me she says and i did have some protection for a while she says and then things got worse worse than ever before and it's been downhill ever since and so we were able to pinpoint the entrance and part of why that spirit had authority to stay and we dealt with that but it was amazing that um, as we worked with her and brought her through uh, an experience of of being born again and giving her life to the Lord, we were able to see the Spirit of God, watch the Spirit of God, participate with the Spirit of God in breaking the power of that Spirit and that Spirit leaving her with, with great pomp and circumstance. It was classic Pentecostal deliverance. The worst kind, right? You got to really be prayed up for those kind of deals. But, and, and most people are not there most people don't deal with that level of demonization, but there's different levels, and we're in this spiritual warfare, and if we're going to live holy lives, we're going to need the Spirit of God to set us free and keep us free and protect it from the schemes of the enemy, and then we can help others. So this whole, you know, event that we call Pentecost, this outpoured spirit, is something that's very important for each and every one of us. Paul says to be filled with the Spirit continually on a regular basis. That means we have work to do in our relationship with Jesus, in relationship to the Holy Spirit. Like the car battery, you got to keep tight. You got to check on things. Have you been drifting? Have you been passive in your relationship with the Lord? Shore it up. Tighten it up. Get the flow of the Spirit in you so that you're not seduced by the enemy but rather free to help others. So the Holy Spirit helps us to represent Jesus to the world. I want to give you a few passages, and then we're going to close. Um, and I want to say, you know what? In fact, I'm going to save this. We'll pick this up next week. Suffice it to say that the Holy Spirit is called the helper. Yes. So the Holy Spirit is given to help us. 
Holy Spirit's going to teach us. The Holy Spirit's going to guide us. The Holy Spirit's going to lead us. The Holy Spirit's going to empower us. And that's how we're going to be effective in advancing the kingdom of Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. Now, before I close, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, what I'd like to do tomorrow when we meet is there's going to be a time, probably in my teaching time, where I'm just going to open it up and we're just going to anoint people with oil and, uh, and just ask God to give you a fresh, new infilling of the Holy Spirit so we can be filled up for this summer, get tight with God, get that power going so that we can be a witness for Jesus, do the works of Jesus, and enjoy the beauty of holiness. You know, that's a beautiful thing. And so, you know, God willing, we'll do that tomorrow. And you don't even have to wait till tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll even, even pray today. Like Paul said, be filled continually. I try to be filled every couple days, if not every day. You know, I want to be filled up and start out that day connected to the power of God. So we'll do that. But before we go there, I'm going to take up an offering. Did we ever get a bucket? Or are we just going to do the coffee deal? Good. We'll just do that. Um, I want to do a free will offering with no pressure. So I'm going to put it up here rather than passing a plate around so that you feel pressure when that plate comes around, you know. Um, or I could have you reach into your neighbor's pocket who's sitting next to you so that you can give freely like you've always wanted to give. All right. So I'm going to leave this up here. The church we rent to, they've been through the mill as well. They've had a number of robberies take place. They've had their catalytic converters cut off. They'd have people drill into their gas tank on their big bus and take all the gas and ruin the tank. That's about a thousand bucks. They just had their uh, trailer stole this week. They came in and had someone out, out on the street watching for police, had a team of people that came in and in eight minutes with a grinder and some other deal, they cut the boot off of that deal, hooked it up and drove it off. And so, you know, this community that we lease from, They've been hit, in terms of, of, of crime, on an increased amount this last year and a half. It's just crazy, just crazy. And I, I, I'll tell you, uh, I talked to the pastor. I can see the discouragement in them because this is an ongoing problem. And I thought about that, and I just sensed the Lord was saying, a strike against them is a strike against you. A strike against the rock is a strike against your brothers and sisters. And that strike against them is a strike against the harvest. So I said, well, what, what do we do, Lord? And I just sensed the Lord was saying, take up an offering for them. Take up an offering for them and help them with this loss. Because they're not going to file. They're not going to file with insurance because they just got done filing for like a number of things. I think it was the furnace and then the roofing. Uh, they had roof damage from the windstorm here like a month ago or whatever. They said, we, we can't file again or they're just going to like raid us or dump us you know? So they got to just pick up that cost themselves. And uh, so they lost about $3,000 with that last particular um, theft. So what I want to do is open it up. Free will, give what you want to give, or if you can't give, that's fine too. But whoever wants to give, you just come up and you can give. If you're going to write a check, write it out to the harvest. Every penny will go. We will take nothing. Every penny will go to the rock. I'm going to present them with a check next week. And uh, hopefully I can do that in their service because I want to tell the pastor and his community, we are with you. We are for you. A strike against you is a strike against the harvest. Here's our love offering to you. And I think that'll be a great testimony uh, to them as well. So we're going to go ahead and close. Go ahead and stand with me. 
And we'll pray, and then uh, you can come up and give as you will. I'll move that down or whatever. So, but let's just open up our hearts. I'm going to ask you to just uh, take your hands and open up like you want to give the Father a hug. Yeah, and just say, let me, let me just pray, um, and you can pray along with me in your heart. Father, we love you so much. We just thank you for Shavuot. We thank you for your desire to come and dwell in us. Who are we that you would even take any concern? We are absolutely mystified by your love for us. We're grateful. We're so thankful. So we open up our hearts. We open up our lives. And we say, Jesus, come. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Fill us up like never before. We need a fresh, new anointing. And this is Shavuot. So come and do your work in us. Come and fill us up. Come and set us free. Come and use us for your glory. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.